Welcome to Higher Truths. This is a podcast entitled Tying Up the Strong Man. This podcast was inspired by the teachings of Jesus, and specifically, this was the teaching about something he called Tying Up the Strong Man. In uh, this is the way that this story went. People were accusing Jesus of of uh, casting out demons and performing miracles, um, and they accused him of um, having this um, having his inspiration or his power coming from the devil. <clears throat> In response to that. Jesus told them that it just didn't make sense because if the devil was giving him the power to perform all these miracles then a house divided against itself could not stand and um, that it wouldn't make sense that you know the devil if he kept casting his power out of himself then you know, it, it just, it was a paradoxical thing. It, it didn't, um, it would result in, in there not uh, being a devil. And uh, in, um, you know, in the taking down of the devil's kingdom. So, um, and then he went on to tell a story about, he's like, listen, if um, a bunch of thieves were going to enter a house that was loaded with possessions and money the first thing that they would do is they would find out where the ruler of the house or the person in charge of that charge of the house slept and they would go and and tie him up and tie up the strong man inside the house so that then they could go and rob the house and remove the possessions, remove the money. So my take on this parable, which I call tying up the strong man, is, first of all, let me go back a little bit and talk about the way that I have recently started to read the Bible which really helped for me to understand this parable was that wherever I encountered the word God I would replace that word with myself and so whenever I uh, looked at Jesus' parables and, and whenever he would say the word God or even say that he was God I would I would always infer that he was pointing to us being God, who's pointing to us being channels, conduits of God, expressions of God. So in this parable then, the way that I look at it is I look, I, I compare the house to then being us, as being temples of, um, yeah, being a temple being a house, we are container, we are are space, 
um, for uh, for you know consciousness, you know, however you want to call that. The strong man inside the house, I uh, I compare that to the ego, and then the possessions within the house would then be the thoughts, um, the uh, different. You know, maybe the pain body, the, um, you know, different, uh, you know, uh, I would say obstacles in our life that we, uh, that just take up space, that are, um, you know, really just hanging out within the, the house of our body. This could be accumulated emotional pain. This could be identification with all sorts of different things, maybe with money or um, with power, with sex, whatever it may be. You know, I, I, I would just compare this to the furniture within our house. Um, so the meaning I got from this parable is that what Jesus was saying was that we need to tie up our ego in order for us to be able to rid ourselves of our emotional baggage and uh, these mental idols that we have within our self. Um, And it's interesting to note that they, you know, Jesus didn't say, okay, just go ahead and shoot the owner or... You know, kick the owner out of the house, but you know, was tie tie the owner up. So you know, and I, I do see that as the ego because, um, you know, we can't get rid of the ego. It's always going to be there. There's always going to be this um, this identification, um, this unconscious identification with our body, with our mind, um, with our story, with. Um, you know, everything that isn't us. But what we can do is we can tie that up. Uh, we can, and in, in, in how do we do that? Um, that would be through the observing of our thoughts and observing and, and feeling our emotions, but, um, but not identifying ourselves with our emotions. Um, this could also be done through, um, you know, just a, a realization that what we are is a, is the house. We are the container, um, for these things. And, and the other thing is in, in, uh, the other truth is that we are these things as well. Um, you know, that the thoughts are a part of us, the, um, you know, this construct of an ego is a part of us as well. Um, you know, so in this way, by um, this realization, by this um, disabling of the ego, then yeah, it makes perfect sense. Then we can, you know, we can make progress. We can identify these strongholds within our own house and do some house cleaning. Um, You know, this could be through 
a spiritual practice that um, you know would uh, you know stop the mind chatter, and then these um, emotional wounds start to surface from the past um, that we can then um, get healing for and um, be able to move past. So, yeah, I, I see that as a very helpful um, interpretation of that parable. And, and really the, uh, the key um, to freedom, uh, which would be the, the observing of the mind, the disabling of the ego, which then allows us to get rid of any any excess baggage that we've been carrying in ourself. Um, and, and I'll speak a little bit more about us being more containers of, uh, of things, or a space um, to contain things. So, you know, if, if we are the house, then we are also the furniture. We are also the occupants of the house. Um, I love the analogy of a house because then we can also throw in there these different identities that we have, um, personalities. Um, you know, we you know, have different parts of us that um, that you know maybe we don't show to everyone there's there's certain sides of us we keep to ourselves or maybe certain aspects of ourselves that are brought out by certain people um so there's a it's a very complicated complex complicated um you know structure that we have or our personality um that can manifest as different people in the house um yeah and i and i think this also speaks to You know that freedom then is really learning that we are identifying with these things, that we are identifying with um, our thoughts or our emotions um, or any construct for that matter, um, and and forgetting that we are all of these things. You know that we are not this one thing we are not this one um, you know personality or identity or or whatnot um, you know that we are not just the body but we are also spirit um, we are uh, you know not just good but also bad you know and um, and that also speaks to labeling which I will talk a bit about now. Um, you know, labeling is really a construct of the mind. That the tendency to label is is part of the ego. Um, you know that our fundamental awareness is such that we just want to experience 
we want to, you know, uh, observe what's going on. And then the ego jumps in and wants to label, wants to interpret people, wants to label people, wants to label events, situations, um, you know, possessions, you name it. Everything wants to get labeled as good or bad or, you know, judging this person as a friend or as an enemy. Um, and, uh, just really, and that's just the nature of the mind. The mind wants to, to chew on things and wants something to, um, mull over. Um, you know, and so the issue with labeling is that once we label we, we objectify things. Um, we, and we not only, we, we objectify it, which enables us to then, you know, classify it, you know, dissect it, um, you know, compare it, contrast it with other things. And then we also avoid the experience of that object as well, or uh, uh, not even object, but experience of that event or, you know, person or situation. And so we're not able to fully experience it because then we are dealing with a, a substitute for that, which would be whatever that label is. Oh, this is a good experience. Or this is a bad experience. Um, and so I would also, you know, the, the, the more controversial part of this is labeling emotions. And then finally would be labeling um, the notion of good or bad. And, and I will talk about labeling emotions that I've talked about this in the past that emotions are simply are they're, they're just neutral um, you know so labeling an emotion labeling anything as bad is a way to avoid that thing so if I label so an emotion like such as sadness is bad, then I don't want to feel sadness. Well, the paradox there is that in order for sadness to dissipate, I have to feel it. Um, but even to a more important point is that the experience of being whole, of being a whole person, is experiencing both happiness and sadness. And that is the, the greatest underlying truth of this all is all of the emotions are necessary and need to be experienced and are actually who we are. So by me um, labeling something in such a way that's denoting I do not want to experience, experience it, such as bad, is for me to invalidate a part of myself and avoid experiencing that part of myself I think then what we'll find is it is the in the wholeness is where the freedom lies so for me to experience both happiness and sadness but to avoid it avoid labeling it as sadness is we can see where the joy is the joy is in the awareness, the awareness that we 
are just kind of kicking back and letting these different waves of emotions roll in. There isn't a um, you know particular need to control them, and, and there's actual joy in that. There's a joy in the awareness of that, um, in, in being whole and being complete. Then on the more controversial side about labeling actions as good or bad, and I have talked about this in the past as well, um, you know, but again, it is a way to substitute an action as, as an, for an object, you know, this, you know, I, um, you know, so-and-so stole some money and that was bad. Um, so therefore they shouldn't have done it. Um, and, you know, and, and so on and so forth, um, that the whole way of labeling actions is what that ends up doing is, is it, you know, oversimplifies it. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not looking, looking at events as in, in their whole context. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's really avoiding um, the processing of reality. Um, for me to, uh, to not label an event or an action as good or bad is just to say it happened and that's it um, it's avoiding the uh, the temptation to you know categorize and um, you know and to um, yeah just to, to to give in to the temptation of the ego and because in reality you know it, it's uh Again, it's in the fullness of of human experience that you know I am free, um, and you know I you know my um, what my statement is is that I you know I believe that you know I I want to act out of love because love is my basic nature you know so that's what I'm going to do and then beyond that it's not my you know my place to label other actions or anything like that so um, and I'd say also that this whole labeling and objectifying of of actions um, is also a way to to really uh, to bring in my ego is that I want to um, instead of just acknowledging that hey this has happened this is awareness I'm just aware of what's going on um, you know I, I want to I'm starting to identify you know my, my ego is jumping in there and um, you know and um, you know identifying with that and um, you know and, and objectifying and and all that. So, um, so that is basically it. And, and I and I think also in 
I guess I just can't say this enough. Um, it's the need to look at the whole human experience and to and to have the whole the whole human experience without judging and without labeling. And the first place I can start is with myself. Um, you know that um, to stop judging and labeling myself and calling my actions good or bad. But to just um, take it for what it is, as, as experiences. Um, you know, I've had experiences in my life, and really what that has given me, is, or, or what that is, is just simply cause and effect. That this happened, that I did this, and so this happened. And that's it. So anyway, um, that's my little uh, discussion on labeling um, and, um, and just the need to take a step back and, and look at things from a holistic perspective, um, a, you know, a congruent, um, high, higher view of things that really that that lets us then see the big picture um, and you know and, and not objectify actions or events uh, but then to uh, yeah see them for what they are and to really take those in as, as legitimate experiences digest them for what you know, nutrition we can get from them and then and then move on um, I started out talking about Tying up the strong man, which I um, summarized was, uh, you know, one possible meaning of the parable um, that Jesus gave, and that we can, you know, tie up our ego, which would then enable us to get rid of the accumulated baggage within our house, the the idols and, and structures within our our body temple that. We can then clear those out and, and be, um, you know, and have that empty space, and claim back that empty space, and um, and then let our our light shine through that empty space. Um, and then you know, then I finally talked about my uh, avoiding labeling. So thank you very much for listening, and until next time, I will look forward to uh, speaking to you very soon.